One of the fastest growing asset classes in the world is the Chinese bond market, as mainland regulators encourage companies to move out of the shadow banking system and use more traditional forms of fundraising. In addition, interest rates have been falling on the mainland as the economy slows and the authorities enact stimulus programs. This has led to Chinese bonds being one of the few asset classes that gave a positive return in 2018. To understand more about the Chinese bond market, I went to see Hayden Briscoe, head of Asia-Pacific Fixed Income at UBS Asset Management. Well, it's been on a uh, really ex explosive growth path at the moment. One of the main reasons for that is inside the Chinese debt capital financing, traditionally all the lending in the market or the economy was done through the banks. In 2015, they changed the budgetary law, which said the provinces or the local governments can no longer borrow from banks. They need to go into publicly traded bond markets. And so we've seen a tectonic shift in the increase of new bonds issued into the markets. This has started uh, in 2015. It's accelerating 16, 17, 18. And it's going to continue on into 19 and 20. The current size of the bond market is around 12 trillion US dollars. It's set to double in size within the next five years. So this is one of the biggest changes in capital markets in the entire world. And are these bonds, are they liquid, are they tradable, are they accessible? Yes, absolutely. Uh, but there are segments that are tradable and those that aren't. Currently today, the government bonds, the policy bank bonds, and some of the strategically important state-owned enterprise credits that are in the market are definitely tradable and very, very liquid, just like every other market around the world. But what we would say is some of the new segments of the markets, like the local government bonds, are today really not that tradable. So we're steering clear of those segments because we can't find the right bid offer spread. You can definitely buy the bonds if you're a buy and hold investor, but if you're a more active investor, it's harder to sell them. That's not to say that's bad. We just think that that's going to improve through time. And as this becomes a uh, more, more readily accepted segment of the market, then the liquidity will improve and it just naturally improves upon itself then. And they're going to be added, Chinese bonds are going to be added to the Bloomberg JP Morgan index. So presumably that's going to have a big impact as well as that, as that happens. Absolutely. So the Bloomberg Barclays Global Aggregate Index includes the bonds as of April this year. So when the Easter Bunny arrives, that festival in the West... Uh, and beyond that, we're waiting for the other index providers. So there are a number of global government and emerging market bond indexes likely to also announce when they include it. So competitors and ourselves are busily rattling ourselves to open up for the first time, China, include Chinese bonds in all of our global accounts. And with that, there's going to be a huge inflow into the China market. Uh, our estimation is if you looked at all of the index providers today, that would be somewhere between 250 and $500 billion, if it happened today. Obviously, it doesn't happen in one day. It gets phased in. Now, that's the, sort of the key number that you'll see in the press, but that leaves out two other very important groups, sovereign wealth funds and central bankers. We were with the IMF or the central bankers at the IMF in Bali uh, in, late last year, and everybody we met there was talking about doubling their allocations this year. And then turn your attention to the Sovereign Wealth Fund group. We believe a lot of money is now getting recycled back into Chinese bonds. And what I mean by that is the new oil contract that started on the Shanghai Stock Exchange now gets settled in renminbi and gold. And traditionally, the Middle Eastern accounts are the ones that 
sell their oil into that contract. It's taken 15% of the world's oil market. So as they're making revenues from that, we think they're now recycling that back into Chinese bonds as well. So if you take those three groups, sovereign wealth funds, central bankers, and the index changes, we estimate that's going to be three trillion US dollar inflow into the capital market just to get to index weight. And do you think the renminbi will internationalize anytime soon? It's still a fairly small amount, isn't it, of global payments and um, maybe, you know, I would say it's actually quite large and it's moved quite quickly. So if you think that the renminbi really internationalized and opened up in late 2010, it's now either the fourth or the fifth most traded currency in the world globally. I saw a piece yesterday that now renminbi traded in London is actually larger than sterling. It's hard to believe in London that sterling would be now be up behind renminbi. So there is increasing usage. Uh, there's been some rule changes uh, this year, which now allows the Hong Kong banks to settle onshore renminbi as well. So in the past, we've had uh, offshore renminbi and we've had onshore. So they can now do both. So I suspect everybody's going to move to onshore renminbi. And with that extra freedom, that extra access, can only but increase the trading activity in the renminbi going forward. Now, last year, Chinese government bonds were a fairly good performer, weren't they? In fact, they were one of the few asset classes in the world to actually show a positive performance by the end of the year. What was behind that? And do you see that continuing? Absolutely. You're spot on there. So at a 9.5% total return, if you're just looking at the index, they were the standout asset last year in terms of performance. Uh, And we think that that's likely to continue. That was Hayden Briscoe head of Asian Pacific Fixed Income from UBS Asset Management. Thank you for listening this morning. Next week, I'll take a look at how you may be affected by the changes in the eligibility requirements for elderly welfare subsidies. Jimmy Lamb will speak to a married listener to hear about her financial challenges. And sadly, there's been another big investment scam in Hong Kong, which has duped victims out of large amounts of money. In the meantime, from me, Peter Lewis, have a great week. Bye-bye for now. Bye.